We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday, November 26th, the post-Thanksgiving episode, the first holiday season episode of the Uncontested. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I have got the starting five with me tonight. We got J.D. Silva. Fella. Nick Crane. Yo, yo. Taylor Peterson. Holiday season means it's uh, about time for Jacob's favorite sounder. Holy Santa Claus shit. Not that one. That's a great one. We got Justin Peabody. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're on the live stream, we love it. Interact with us. Drop your comments. Put your questions. We, uh, We love the live stream community. If you are listening to the podcast version of this, thank you so much for downloading. Uh, We would love it if you would drop a five-star rating, write a little review. And if you watch this on YouTube, hit that like button, leave a comment, help us skew the algorithm. We would love that. So please, please, please uh, like, subscribe, follow along wherever you get your podcast from. We are also on all social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We are everywhere. Lots of basketball to talk about as we have not podcasted since, I believe, a week ago. Is that Feels correct? Feels like forever. Crazy. About a week ago, a week ago. <laughs> that is how long it has been since we podcasted. Uh, before we start talking about the Thunder versus the Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers game, uh, we got a game of this or that tonight. We've got a really fun around the association segment. Do want to put out a little disclaimer before we start tonight. Uh, none of us live under rocks, uh, contrary to popular belief. We are fully aware of uh, the discourse surrounding Josh Giddy and the Oklahoma City Thunder. We have intentionally not commented on any social channels. This is our first podcast, so that's why we're making an announcement here. 
that we will not be discussing um, engaging in any sort of dialogue or, or diagnosing anything about exactly. the allegations against Josh Giddy, um, what that could mean for him, the team, any of that until the league comes out with any sort of findings or the team comes out with any sort of findings that would just be premature on our end. Uh, we do not want to contribute to the speculation of this scenario. Uh, once there is an official word out, we will definitely comment because that is what we do as a podcast that covers this team. In the past, we've talked about things like the, um, I, uh, I'm going blank on, Miles on Bridges, Miles, Myers Leonard, Myers, yeah, Miles Bridges, Myers Leonard. Um, I'm forgetting the guy from Houston that they traded for KPJ. Kevin Porter Jr. We've commented on those types of things in the past, but those types of things were also, um, very public with, uh, solid facts and police reports or uh, different things right now while we have a speculation. So we are choosing not to make those comments right now. Uh, and instead we'll just focus on the basketball tonight until that changes. With that being said, gentlemen, the thunder, the league leading six game win streak snapped Saturday afternoon in a early 4 PM tip against the Philadelphia 76ers, 127 to 123. As we always do with these post games, Nick, what's the big theme of the game? We finally got what happens when Chet faces Joel Embiid. And uh, he looked like an all-star. So there's your answer, folks. Been waiting months for it. Now you got it. <laughs> uh, that was mine as well, Nick. I, I think that that had to be the narrative coming into the game is like, what does he look like now? Granted, much like we've seen with, with other big kind of center matchups, it's not, it's not often Chet versus Embiid, much like it wasn't often Chet versus Jokic, but it's still a fun matchup to evaluate. And Chet put up some big numbers and did so with way less trips to the stripe than Embiid looked way more versatile in his game. Uh, I was watching it at my in-laws house after Thanksgiving and we were talking about like watching, you know, a guy like Chet shooting motion compared to a guy like Embiid. Not that they're in the same stratosphere of players, like totally different archetypes and everything. But just seeing that versatility that Chet brings was just a really stark contrast to a guy like Embiid of what he's able to bring in his offensive bag. I know we've talked about it before, but it was just a really cool stage to see it showcased on on Saturday. And I'll, I'll uh, add to that theme. Um, this is a challenge to our listeners, viewers in the comments. I want you to name 10 centers. I'm not even talking about long-term. 10 centers today that are more impactful than Chet Holmgren in this league. I challenge you. I think you will struggle. <laughs> what about Walker Kessler, Nick? <laughs> that dude is regressed from last year, so... That he better Shocker. not be in your 10. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> hey, kind of to that point, one thing that stood out to me as well is obviously we saw the Sixers go to Embiid early, and it was effective early, but we saw that trail off. Uh, so in kind of relation to like the Thunder style of play and how they would match up against bigger lineups, such as the Sixers, even coming up against the Timberwolves with uh, Emb uh, said Embiid again, with Carl Anthony Towns and with Gobert, I was looking at the rebound discrepancy. 
Thunder only lost that battle 49 to 38 by 11 rebounds. And we've seen them play much smaller teams than that and lose that rebound battle by a lot more. Uh, Kendrick Williams back in the lineup helps a ton pretty significantly. But as a whole, I think the Thunder are really doing a better job of that. And uh, that's something I've been kind of seeing as uh, trending upwards here over the past handful of games, especially as the Thunder have been playing better. Something I'm really going to be monitoring. Uh, Mark wasn't talking specifically to rebounds when he was talking about this today, but mentioned this upcoming stretch of games being a real great test for this Thunder team. The rebounds is something I'm going to be keeping an eye on in this upcoming week. That's something that I've noticed too, Taylor, is the first 10 games. That's all anybody wanted to talk about was rebounding. Haven't heard a lot about the rebounding conversation. Now, that's not to say like, oh my God, they're out rebounding every team they play by 20. Hmm. But the rebounding issue hasn't really been talked about much recently. Because winning. it hasn't been much of an issue. Yeah, It's yeah. funny how these early season trends uh, kind of even themselves out. Well, to be clear, it's still an issue. It's just yeah, not but it's hindering not, it, winning games. Yeah, it's, right. it's not as glaring of an issue as it was. I think Chet has rebounded the ball, especially in traffic, much, much better. I think guys are, are definitely crashing down. Um, I, I want to keep on the topic of Chet for a minute. Uh, Nick, you kind of brought up the Chet versus... Embiid matchup um, early on in that game. I think I tweeted it from our, our uncontested Twitter account. I said, Chet needs to shoot 10 plus threes against Embiid because Embiid doesn't want to step out of the paint. Yep. You guys know how many threes Chet shot in that game? 10. <laughs> 10. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> how many he made? Four. A lot. He made five of them. A five. Lot. five. <laughs> uh, he actually, I think that last second heave whenever they were down four actually put him at 11 attempts on the yep. night. So five of 11. Um, I mean, there was a stretch there at the beginning of the third quarter. My God, like he was, it ended with the fast break where Giddy didn't hit Shea up ahead and wheeled around and then dropped the pass off to a streaking Chet who had just got a block on the other end and threw it down for the dunk and just, I mean, oh I think he had gosh, a one-handed slam after seven, that block. Yeah, had like absurd. seven straight or something like that. Yeah. It's awesome. I Silva and I talked on the phone earlier. Silva, I don't know if the statement I made to you I should make public on a podcast. What do you think? Yes. Um, you know what? Just go for it. The let, it rip. Here, just let it rip. Then you have to make the statement you replied to me with public as well. <laughs> um, what was that statement? Uh, I remember. If you don't remember it, I remember it. <laughs> make a lot of I've, I've told a handful of people. I, I know it's a small sample size. I know. Okay, I know. Small sample size, Jacob. Chet We're might be like games. the Thunder's next KD, guys. Like Sorry. there was a lot of those. If I if I told you night. right now, if I told you right now <sighs> that in three seasons from now, Shea is still on this team, but he's the second best player. Like, how hot of a take is that? That's pretty hot. Shea's <laughs> been that good, <laughs> but that's Shea's pretty hot. hot. I'm Silva. Do you remember the statement you made to me whenever I told you that Chet might be the next KD? Um, I remember saying two things. I remember saying, um, yes, um, he doesn't have the same like mobility to be like a self creator like KD, but I said he's more like a child of Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant, um, which is a good thing to be. <laughs> I, I love that a lot. Hey, the like, seriously, package looks like Kevin. And you think back like to that game winner, or I guess the the game tire <laughs> that it sent it to overtime against yeah. Golden State. 
very KD-esque. And then obviously they have some of the shots and, and especially that stretcher in the third quarter that we saw from, from Chet. Um, some of those moves he's able to make just the like one-legged Dirk slash KD fadeaways, right? That KD took from Dirk. Um, and the fact that they, that Chet and KD, you know, train with each other every summer, it's pretty apparent. And they're built very similar as well. It's it's impressive. Can we, get a, clarif- can we get a clarification? Uh, are you saying he is the next KD in terms of the way they play or the impact and like where they sit amongst the league? Why not both? <laughs> Jacob's thinking. I don't think Chet's going to be top 10 all time. But if I told you that Chet is like at the end of his career, like 95% of Kevin Durant. I'd be flabbergasted. Like, 95%? Like Kevin Durant is the purest score the game's maybe ever seen at 70. Yeah. The way you can like Chet, Chet could go to dribbling not, school not for the next 10 years and never be able to dribble like KD does. I think... At, at this point in KD's career, at 21 years old, I think Chet's way more impactful of a defender than KD was. For sure. And at 21, Kevin Durant is Ch- Chet's what? 85% of 21-year-old Kevin Durant offensively? That dude led the league in scoring, buddy. He was a scoring champ. It's, a little bit, it's what he sac- what Chet sacrifices in mobility, because that's what I think of immediately, is that he's not. Kevin Durant. But it, and I also think about we talk so much about where rookies end up. Like I think about Eamon Thompson and Asar Thompson this this year. Uh, Eamon hasn't seen the floor, and I think uh, Eamon's every bit as good as Asar is. And I'm extremely high on Asar Thompson, his impact for the the Pistons. That's just like one example. Kevin Durant came into the league as the guy for a rebuilding team ran by Sam Presti nonetheless, uh, and just was able to let it loose. And if we saw Chet go to Gosh, the Pistons is probably a bad example. Some uh, like the the Wizards, for example, like uh, this past year, he's probably letting it fly like KD was, but he's not nearly as efficient or maybe even as impactful as we're seeing with the Thunder. So I don't know. That's where it gets a little tough, my, right? My because only he's... my only pushback is KD was twenty one, okay, with a scoring uh, champ ring at thirty a game. Yeah, I'm thinking more though that's that true. first two seasons of KD, not the not the third season, <laughs> thirty plus a game, KD. So well, you that's said eighty five percent of twenty. Does that make Shea Russell Westbrook? It's, it's nuance. It's all nuance. But no, I, I think his offensive game to like put a bow on this is much further along than I thought it was entering the season. Hundred yeah. percent agree with that. The the pull up three in Embiid's face right at the end of the game. Uh, Nick tweeted it. I read some of the quote retweets that Nick got on that, and some people are like. They're, they're just trying to gas Chet. He's nothing like KD. I'm like, that move was. Exactly. What are you watching? KD. I watched KD hit that in Game Five of his first year with the Golden State Warriors in the finals. Yep. It's freaking identical. The same shot. It's the exact same shot. Like, but he didn't. He didn't dribble with his left and then pull up and have the. Wh- it's like it's the same shot, dude. <laughs> Could be in a hater. It's annoying. Okay. Other takeaways from Thunder vs. 76ers. I, that Shea uh, guy is still pretty good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sola. <laughs> you, you go ahead. What I was going to say is I didn't get to watch the game. I was at a Friendsgiving, so I, I was box score watching, watched some highlights, um, and I'm just grateful for all the chat talk we just got because I was just watching from afar. That's all. I was I was going for another low-hanging fruit and just saying that Shea guy is pretty damn good, right? Uh, I think bad. he had a pretty quiet, like, 12 points there through the first quarter and ends up with, like, 20 in the 21 in the half. 
Uh, Shea was another... 10 of 21 from the field, one of two from three, 10 of 10 from the free throw line, six rebounds, five assists, two steals. I think one thing that really stood out to me was the discrepancy in free throw attempts. I know there was some intentional fouling yeah. there late, uh, but Joel Embiid took nearly as many free throws as the entire OKC Thunder roster. That's insane. What Foul is- merchant. You want to be lying. <laughs> uh, Embiid took 21 free throws. The Thunder took 26. Uh, Embiid and Maxi combined for 32 free throw attempts. That's, That's a lot. lot. A Shea lot. got 10, right? Shea got 10. So, but uh, I felt like that was like a, a massive difference in that game. When you look at the team stats from the game, um, field goal percentage, 46 to 44 in favor of the 76ers. Three-point percentage, 34 to 37 in favor of the Thunder. The Thunder hit two more threes. Um, but free throws, the Thunder were outscored 16 points at the free throw line. That'll 76ers went 37 of 45. Thunder went 21 of 26. The 76ers took 19 more free throws, made 16 more, and the Thunder lost by four. I th- I think that kind of is the, the difference in the yep. game there. And that's not to say like, oh, the, the league has it rigged against the Thunder. Philly is a very big team yep. that plays very physically. The Thunder did shoot a lot of threes. I felt like there was also, and I mean, Coach even said this post game. if he could challenge every play, a lot of them would, would have withheld because the Thunder did foul them. But he said he felt like the Thunder were getting no calls on the other end where he felt like they were getting fouled but weren't getting the whistle. Agreed and we've kind that. of talked about that for a long time this season. Yep. I, I think that uh, I don't know if we have another day not rant coming like we got last season, but it's definitely like the Thunder are being very intentional about their play style and driving to the basket when they're not shooting threes. And when you don't get that foul call, that makes that inherently like a, a not as good strategy because that's a big part of being physical and driving to the basket. And so I, I think it'll be interesting to see if this continues, like does that play into how aggressive OKC is? Like if they're just legitimately not going to get the whistle more often than not, do they stop driving as much? Like, I think that has to be a question that's discussed. I don't think it'll get to that point. I don't think it's been that dramatic yet, but if it did like that, that's a huge hampering on the strategy that they employ as a team. And I think that Dagnall wants to see every game on the floor. It also hurt that Isaiah Joe kind of came back down to earth. Nick, uh, any other themes? That that was actually where I wanted to go next. Is a, a question to you guys. The, the theme was Isaiah Joe against his former team. Unfortunately, it was not Isaiah Joe. Though, caveat, Isaiah Joe to start this season has not been human. Um, <laughs> so maybe this is Isaiah Joe. But Maybe it was a regression to the mean. The yeah. question I want to pose to you guys is, Considering some of the close wins Oklahoma City's got over some pretty good teams this point in the season that required Isaiah Joe to go nuclear, and then you see in this game, like even if Isaiah Joe was like forty percent from three, they win this game. Like, or does that concern you knowing to win some of these Isaiah went nuclear and that's not sustainable? Like in terms in, in terms of like how important he's he's had to be this season to get wins. Um, I'm going to say not necessarily. Uh, I mean, he has been insane. 
the Thunder have been an insane shooting team this year. Uh, no doubt about it. And that's helped them win a lot of games. But I don't think this game showed me like they have to have the crazy shooting and Isaiah to um, to win them games. It's like the youngest starter for Philly is Tyrese Maxey at 23. That's older than three Thunder starters. Um, Philly is just like so much more of a veteran team. Um, They're one of the oldest teams in the league, whereas the Thunder are the second youngest. To me, that was more of this game um, than just simply like Isaiah shoots well, they win. Isaiah shoots bad, they lose. It also... No, J-Dub. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to mention that. That was, yep. We're all on the same page. We haven't touched on that, but like that's, that's a big deal. And this team 100% hung with the team, hung with the Sixers without J-Dub in a game where, like you said, Nick, like Isaiah Joe didn't play great. Like it wasn't like they played their butt off to be in this game. They played a very good game. Um, I was really impressed by their resiliency as well. Like that run late in the third, it felt like the Thunder maybe were on their way to getting blown out. The fact that they fought their way back into it and were right in it down the stretch. I was driving uh, back home, and so I got the Matt Pinto experience. And, uh, <laughs> Pinto's got to listen, the best. Got to listen to him uh, recount that comeback. But I think, like again, that resiliency to, to go toe-to-toe with a team like Philly after, I would say, the last kind of like measuring stick game they had was like Denver, right? Like another one where they've got they've got Jokic. It's a big test for Chet. It's kind of a big see where you're at moment, and they kind of got worked a little bit, right? Like it was a pretty decisive victory. This could have been the same, but it wasn't, and that's that's an encouraging sign for this team. I think you see the record and where they're at. You want these types of games against teams you know are the upper echelon of the NBA to kind of gauge where this team is at developmentally, and the fact that they did it without J Dub, I think, is super impressive. I'm really curious what the next uh, Nuggets matchup looks like, actually, Justin. You brought that up. Yeah. I just think it's going to look different. Like, Agreed. I think Chet's just going to get way more shots. Like, not even being able to watch the game last night, something I could take away is that Chet's, you know, Chet's like, what, 50, 40, 90, maybe even more than 40 uh, on his three-point percentage still. My question was, okay, if you increase the volume, can he maintain that? And it sure as hell seems like he can handle that more. So if, like, Isaiah Joe progresses a little bit from three and you just need scoring from somewhere chet does seem capable of doing more of that and i think Dub can probably do more scoring also he doesn't so that's enough threes fascinating you mentioned that silva like you said like as somebody who wasn't able to watch the game like going back and like looking at stats and uh, watching highlights because i'm watching that third quarter stretch where chet's just completely taking over he's taken out of the game which isn't unusual there in that third quarter but i'm expecting him to come right back in the fourth like we've seen Dignal do with some of these quarters where he's kind of featured more in these second lineups. And he wasn't, uh, he did come back in there towards like, yeah, I don't know the last five minutes in the fourth, but it definitely felt like they kind of went away from Chet and Daniel actually had a really good quote about that. He said, it wasn't necessarily Chet specifically, but they just weren't playing their brand of basketball, which I think is very fair. Uh, shots weren't being generated, but I had that same feeling like watching Chet feels like, Chet's capable of so much more. You need to feed him more. But then I went back and actually looked at the box score. He played 32 minutes, only four minutes less than Shea at 36. Uh, He had 21 shot attempts, which was the same exact shot attempts that Shea had last night. And so, like, you give him more, 
And that kind of seems asinine, like when you're looking at that box score. But at the same time, it feels like he's capable of so much more. They should have gone to him more. I just find that extremely like uh, interesting to me uh, when, when I was feeling that during the game. But then I actually went back and looked at the box score. I was curious if you guys kind of had that, that similar uh, reaction. And so it kind of seems like you did, like going, going back and then looking at the game. Yeah, was and this is a question for all you guys. Was Chet going off? Was a part of that because he played next to another big for an extended period of time for what I think is the first time this season? I think, and Justin and Nick, I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this as well. I thought the two big lineup worked out actually pretty well. Like seeing Chet not be the center, especially offensively, like worked out really, really well, especially when you have a guy who can pass like Jay will and Jay will came in and had the quarter of his life. Yeah. He had eight points in the first quarter, which was a season high in a game. He splashed two threes. And then I I believe Nick was watching the game. I know Justin said you were listening, but he had a blow by on Embiid and hit like one of the dirtiest jellies I've ever seen. (laughs) Like it was gross. That man went up and yeah, it was, he doesn't, he doesn't shoot layups like a big, he shoots layups like a guard. Yeah. 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 It's strange. I thought, <laughs> in I a the, good way. <laughs> it changed your opinion on the two big lineups at all? I, I love it. I want to see more. Um, yeah. I, I think we might see more Tuesday night. I've been hoping for it. Like, I know we've talked about this before, but like, I, I've wanted to see it. I think it's worth experimenting. And I, I like the way Dignall answered a question about it. I don't remember his exact wording, but something along the lines of like, you know, we want to basically exhaust all our options and see what we have. I feel like they got a good look, right? They got a good sample of Chet at, at center. I'm ready for kind of like an extended run. Like, give me 10 to 15 games of chet at the four and let me see what that looks like and have something to compare it against with what we've seen with him playing the five yeah i think long term it's only solidified the fact that oklahoma city will have a a real four next to chet like i don't think they're going to go draft a zach Eady archetype to play five and chet play four but i do think this has further solidified my thought process of j-dub awesome and he can play four, but to really maximize Chet, you need a connecting high IQ floor spacing, but also really physical four. Like the archetype would be this guy is probably too small to play a five, but he's strong enough. But he's also like this jumbo four that can shoot it and connect. Like that is the guy that fits perfect next to Chet. And as good as J Will's been in summer league and in early season, like we saw the other night. Like imagine a guy that's like a lottery talent with that archetype playing next to Chet. Like that is by, that is the vision. By God, is that Scotty Barnes music? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be insane. Jairus Walker. That's oh what I, I that's what I thought Jacob was gonna say. Yep. Who is literally riding on the bench in Indiana? I a know. team that can't play a lick of defense is just putting their best defender as the fifteenth man. Well, God, this is, anyways, we'll, we'll move on. This is the Thunder podcast. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think you're spot on there. With I think Chet at five is the future, but I think having a six nine, two hundred forty, two hundred fifty pound dude who can do the things that Thunder want to do offensively just makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. Do you think um, that's scheduled? Do you think Mark had on a whiteboard like 
no double big lineup until this date. <laughs> he he said that they were they like knew in this game they yeah. wanted to run it. Yeah. And it would not surprise me at all if they run it extended on Tuesday night. Like if you told me that dub will not be available Tuesday, which knock on wood, hopefully he is. Uh, I I know he went through parts of practice today. If dub is not available Tuesday, uh, the spot starter all season has been Kaysen. If somebody is out, mm-hmm. wouldn't shock me if Jay will gets the start mm-hmm. Tuesday. If it's uh, Shay Dort, Josh, Jay will Chet to match that too big lineup of, um, of Minnesota would not shock me in the slightest. Let's take our first break of the night. On the other side, we are going to play a game of take it or leave it. We are also going to update you on the uncontested predictions, let you know who's in the lead. And it's time to shake it up. We're changing the rules a bit. We'll talk about all of that on the other side. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. You know, I was thinking about this today, guys. Uh, Nick didn't get to witness this, but every time we go to a break, we have to like take a note of the time when we go to the break so we can go back in and insert the the advertisements. And when we did the live show at Bar K, my guy JD had drank so much that he needed somewhere to take the notes and he just did it in his calculator. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible stuff. Wait, can you clarify? He did it. In so calculator. like we did, we just took a break at 2830. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I like, right. 
So oh, he did. I yeah. thought you were saying Silva carries around a calculator. No, that'd ah, be incredible. That'd be that would have been much better. Rolls it up in his shirt sleeve. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Gets beat up after school every day. <laughs> it is time for everyone's favorite. Take it or leave it. I figured this would be a, a nice game to do a little check-in on how we are feeling about some themes with this team. I have four take it or leave it that are related to the OKC bench and four that are related to the OKC starters. That's eight total for those of you who are not great at math. Thank you. Uh, that is, if you are uh, really not great at math, that is two for each of these guys. Let's start with the bench. Taylor, you are up first. Oh, if, if you've never listened to the uncontested before, take it or leave it is the easiest game in the world. <laughs> I give a statement. These guys say they take it, meaning they they believe that statement. They tell us why. Or they leave it thinking that it's not real or it's not going to happen. Again, explain why. Taylor, take it or leave it. Kaysen Wallace and Isaiah Joe will be the only two bench players to average over 20 minutes a game this season. As of right now, 16 games in, that statement is true. They are the only two bench players playing 20-plus minutes. Will that be the case at the end of the season? I am taking it because of the depth of this team and the amount of players that will play. I, I see that really difficult to tighten up the lineup that much where another player is going to come off the bench with 20 minutes. For comparison's sake, I understand that they've kind of taken a step up from last season. But looking at last season's lineups, uh, Kendrick Williams played twenty more than 20 minutes off the bench. Uh, in 53 games. Poku played 20.6 minutes in only 34 games because of that injury. Isaiah Joe was right around 19, playing the majority of games at 73. GRE was obviously hurt, played around 18. Uh, Jay Will was right around 18 with about 50 games. And Wiggins, uh, 18 games, or sorry, 18 minutes per game with only uh, with about 70 games played. So I think we'll see something similar to that. We're seeing a lot of guys like Wiggins. We even saw Bertans come in uh, last night against the Sixers, or yesterday against the Sixers. I think we'll see those lineups continue to change, especially when you add another guy into the lineup like like J-Dub. It's going to be really hard to uh, for some players like that to come off the bench and get more than 20 minutes per game. So I'm taking this one. I like it. Justin, you are next. Take it or leave it. Davis, also known as David, Bertans, <laughs> will appear in 40% or less of the Thunder games this season. A little bit of context on this one. His contract for next season becomes fully guaranteed if he plays over 70. Um, so far, out of 16 possible games, Bertans has played five. That's a, uh, about 30%. So I put the number at 40%. Take it or leave it. I am leaving this, and I think the reason is not because he's only played 30% thus far, but I think it's because of his role and his usage thus far. Like, we know the, we know the rule in his contract, right? We know where that stands. The most minutes he's played in a game is 13, and that was, like, one of the first games of the season. Um, I, I'm not seeing him getting, like, a really high usage at any point in the season and maybe that's premature but i i would have felt like given what what dagnald is willing to do in terms of shaking up the lineup i figured we would we would at least have one of those by now right where he gets like 20 something minutes a game gets up five six three attempts something like that to really kind of see what davis can do in this offense 
I just get the sense that it's not coming. And because of that, I, I don't know that his percentage is going to go much higher than where it currently stands. Like I could see it being about 30% at the end of the season. Very good. Nick, you are up next. Take it or leave it. Usman Jang will play in more games than Vasilye Mitic this season. For record, Usman Jang, with a G League stint, has played in 11, in 11 games. Mitic has only played in eight so far. I'm going to leave it. I think it'll be very close as it is today. Um, I don't know. I just feel like... Let me precursor this. I don't think they're intentionally not playing Vasa as like this secret weapon that's going to come out of nowhere. But I but I do think there is a strategy where like this guy's body has never played an 82 game season and it's going to take a little bit like endurance wise. I think in like January, February, we're going to see a lot more of him on the court. And I also like Us is it's not like Us is coming in like he's playing five minutes each quarter. He's getting like these flashes of play like in the in the first half and then isn't touching the floor again. That they're certainly still trying to develop him and balancing that development to Nick's point, getting Boss up, like up to speed and back in the mix. I'm kind of with Nick here. I could see uh, uh, Vava getting a lot of burn in the second stretch of the season. I so Usman Jang played his first game in like four or five mm-hmm. against the 76ers, and a lot of people talked about how he played a good game, made good passes. I just felt yeah. like he was so incredibly passive, was getting the ball deep in the paint and like scared to look at the basket like had shots he should have taken but made if, the extra pass which is great but if that guy had the shots. chet holmgren mentality i think he'd be so much better i'm Just a little the, worried even the a little worried about us he, he's like i don't know right now jang's got like that pomeranian in him it's like a little like pocket dog <laughs> really small. i don't know man pomeranian are vicious <laughs> that's true someone uh when we were at the game last week someone asked uh do you think uh, Vasilier can dunk. And uh, I said no because of the uh, built-up cigar smoke and uh, <laughs> alcohol. He, he got it. Probably accurate. So you get the, the last bench, take it or leave it. The Thunder bench will end the season top five in net rating amongst all league benches. They are currently number one in the league. And bench net rating. Uh, I'm going to have to leave that one. A top five just feels insane to lock in. I, I feel like them being first right now is a kind of a product of the uh, ridiculous shooting splits of guys like Kaysen and Isaiah Joe. I think Kenrich contributes like regularly to that success from the bench. But um, no, I, I think the current net rating is due to some teams' benches underperforming and the Thunder's like way overperforming. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, top eight nine but top five is a little scary to lock in so i think you're five right. is too small of a number for you. you're going eight or nine yeah. i think you're right silva but i just want to present one small counterpoint and get your guys' thoughts j-dub comes back into the lineup that means guys like isaiah joe and it's i mean it's been case and wallace the whole time but case and wallace isaiah joe those guys go back to the bench or are playing together again in a bench unit does that change your guys' thoughts at all I'm going to be interested to see makes- where Isaiah settles in at. Yeah. Because Saturday definitely felt like a regression to the mean because the beginning of the season, he's been the best three-point shooting player 
yeah, in the, in the NBA. Right. Casey's got to regress too. Yeah. Hey, yep. you watch your damn mouth, all right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's do another round of take it or leave it. But this time we're going to focus more on the starters. So we'll go reverse order. We'll snake draft this bad boy. JD. Whoa. Coming right back to you. Lou Dort's efficiency in the first 10 games was a mirage. Take it or leave it. I have some stats for you before you answer. Thank you. Okay. When you look at Lou Dort for this season, all 16 games, 46% from the field, 43% from three, 10.7 points per game. Mm -hmm. When you look at his last six, so you take away the first 10 games, and you look at the most recent six, 35% from the field, 30% from three, 5.5 points per game. Um, okay. So this one's kind of, uh, I'm going to try and like commit to one way or another. I think I'm going to leave this one because I don't think it's a total mirage. I think it's more of an oasis situation. The mirage is real in the desert that we're seeing. From <laughs> Um, I don't think he's going to be a 43% three-point shooter, but I do think his shot selection has improved a lot uh, because of guys like Chet showing up and people like, you know, Case and Jada and so on. So I think he's going to maintain the shot selection. Just be good at, like, corner three-point shooting and and continue that. And I think he's going to continue to polish his game and end up, you know, between 35 and 37, I hope. I think that'd be awesome for Lou Dort. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'll leave it. So you clarify. So you think the first 10 games were not a mirage is what you're saying. Correct. Okay. That is correct. I think he's saying it. like, they're like a glimpse into what Dork could be. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's mostly a real, it was mostly real. He's not 43% from three, but he's, you know, you're saying he's not 30% either. He falls somewhere in the middle. Right. Somewhere in the middle. I'm with you. Okay. I like that. Nick, you get a fun one. Mm. Take it or leave it. OKC will have a player join the 50, 40, 90 club this season. Let me give you, give you and the listeners some stats before you answer. Currently, Shea Gilgis Alexander is 53 and a half. That's absurd. That is absurd. 36 and a half, 93 and a half. If you don't know, 50, 40, 90 is 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. So Shea is 53, 36, 94. Chet Holmgren is 56, 44, 88. Stupid. It's wild to have two guys like that. J-Dub is 52, 37, 88. And Isaiah Joe is 46, 49, 82. 49 from three. After that bad Philly game. And that's why this that should be a 2.3.3 free throw, another field goal 3.3 throw. I regress. Keep going. Those are the closest guys and the guys that have the most realistic chance. So I wanted to put those numbers out there. Nick, take it or leave it. The Thunder will have a 50, 40, 90 player this season. I'm leaving it hard. Okay. I don't think there's a chance to be that. honest with you. you by that? I, like, I, I hard think isn't they don't flirt with it. No, 
I, I think Chet will be the closest, but I don't believe Chet's a 90% free throw shooter. Like, I think that's where he gets knocked. I don't think Shea's going to be a 40% three-point shooter. I don't think Dub and Isaiah Joe by New Year's Eve are even close to the mark. So I'm going to I'm gonna leave it. Which, I agree with you. I was just curious those, what you meant by hard. Um, which of I, those four do you think are the closest <laughs> come Mick. season's end? Chet, for sure. But I think it's oh. the free throws that are not going to okay. be there. You said okay. Chet over over SGA. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that he's not going to sniff forty from three. He did. His attempts are way too difficult. I'm a little not worried. I just kind of think that Chet may not. He'll be right under like forty percent from three on higher attempts, which I think is yeah. a good thing. Be incredible if that happens. Right, right. That's kind of. I would I not thinking. be worried about that. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's averaging twenty twenty two points a game. But shooting like 38%. Okay. Like 50, 40, 90 was like KD in his MVP uh, year yeah. before, like, like a couple seasons before he left OKC. Yeah. Right. And for reference, Chet was 70, 75% from the free throw line in college. Um, was not good in summer league, although his, his legs weren't underneath him. He was still getting back to, to full shape. But like, I, I just don't think today he's a 90% free throw shooter. Uh, what are Kaysen splits? Oh, that's a good question. 100, 100, 100. <laughs> Kaysen is 61, 54, 100. That's insane. Maybe Kaysen will get there. He's a lock. Lock it in. How many 50, 40, 90s have there been in league history? Isn't like under 20? Yes. Yeah. I think it's under 20. It's hard. Crazy. It's, it's very difficult to do. Shay's field goal percentage considering the shots that he takes is just stupid. stupid. It's ridiculous. Justin, you're up next. Oh, I, I actually wanted to ask Nick a follow-up. By the end of their careers, will any of them get a 50-40-90 season? That's tough. I mean, I think statistically the, I should answer yes. When you're giving me five players Four. Statistically, you say yes when it's only been done like 15 times in the history of the NBA? League's different now. There's a record broken every night. Um, wow. I, I mean, I think... I would play I think, the odds here and say no. I think it. I think Chet has a chance if he can improve as a, a free throw shooter. I don't think Shea will ever be a 40% three-point shooter unless he just takes catch and shoot. Maybe maybe that's his role in three years when if Chet's the best player on the team and they've drafted another guy and Shay's having to do less isolation. He's doing catch and shoot threes. Maybe. Um, what a future. <laughs> what a future that would be. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I'll say yes. I've been a pessimist on the entire topic, so we'll go yes here. <laughs> we'll love it. Justin, take it or leave it. Coach Mark Dagnall will make a non-injury related starting lineup change this season. I'm taking that. I think Ooh. I don't think that's spicy. He's gonna I, cut the slam cover I, in year one. <laughs> I I think slam cover might have cut itself, but I digress. I, I think that it is <laughs> it is in Mark's like uh DNA to do so. It's what he's done up to this point in his career. I think those decisions get harder and less frequent than they used to be, but it still feels like a, a Mark type move. And if you look at like the starting lineups last year, he went through big stretches where he didn't touch it at all. 
and then he'd he'd mess around with it a little bit. And I think I would not be surprised based off everything we just talked about with the the two bigs to see a stretch of two big starters to see a stretch where maybe dub starts at the two and dork comes off the bench and you see what that looks like i'm not saying it's permanent and i'm not saying it's like the future but i'm saying i I would not be shocked at all to see an experiment with it it's interesting to me because last year the team like it was very clearly a let's just mess around and see what we got and this year that starting five like that feels like the five. And so it feels like making a change yeah. this year is a more significant move than in any year since. Like, weren't you saying you think it could be? Well, I guess you were saying if if Dub isn't playing, you think Jay will could get the nod on. Tuesday. Correct. OK, that's fair. I could see it. I could see it happening in certain matchups with a fully healthy roster. Okay, maybe we're That's interpreting fun. interpreting the take it or leave it differently. Like you're saying, That's like maybe fun, though. Are, like are you that. arguing maybe it's a one off? Because I'm thinking like it's like we're making a change. This no, guy no, no. will now come off the bench for the rest of the season, and this dude is starting. That is not how I interpreted the question. Okay, I, maybe not a one off. Maybe a two or a five or something like that. Like I could see them experimenting a little bit. Okay, um, I don't think someone's getting like demoted to use that like verbiage okay. of like, you know, somebody's not getting like, well, you know, your time in the starting lineups up better get used to the bench, buddy. I, I don't think I would leave that if that was the question. All right. Last take it or leave it. This one's not really starters, but just team wide for Taylor. Take it or leave it. OKC will finish outside the top 10 in the league in free throw attempts this season. For the record, Taylor and listeners, the Thunder are currently 13th in the league in free throw attempts per game. They take 23.3. They would have to get up to 23.9 to get in 10th place. Last season, uh, to my surprise, the Thunder were... I have it right here. Hold on. 15th. uh, Yeah, tied for 14th, 15th in the league at 23.7. So a very similar number to last season. Take it or leave it. The Thunder are outside the top 10 on free throw attempts per game at the end of the year. So when you said we were in the snake draft, that gave me a little time to do a little homework. And that's why I pulled up uh, where they were last season. And I think that's important only because they also got off to a slow start last season in regards to their foul calls. And we have already mentioned this season about Dagnall's kind of a mini rant. He went on. Uh, after one of those games where it was just absolutely ridiculous. And it kind of slowly started to correct itself throughout the, the the rest of the season, but they still were only, I mean, halfway ranked half in the league in regards to free throw attempts. So for that reason, and based off what we've seen already this season, I'm going to go ahead and take it. I do not see them getting in that top 10 in free throw attempts. It's just going to be really tough for them. The style of basketball they play, the kind of players that they have, I don't see it happening. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing either. And doesn't mean that the league's out to get them like so many uh, fan accounts like to think. It's just, like I said, the style of play, the Thunder are going to compensate for that elsewhere. And we've kind of, I've already seen that with Shea in his mid-range game here over the past, what, five, six games. So I'm taking it. I like it. Gentlemen, another 
successful game of take it or leave it. Before we go to round the association, we have to update the fans on the uncontested weekly predictions. Uh, Justin, I believe you cooked up a little something in the lab for us. I hated it every minute of it. <laughs> um, will you, is. For, for the listeners no. who are not watching, will you give them a rundown uh, of this? No, I will not. Um, <laughs> three-way tie for first in the current standings with seven points apiece in our weekly predictions. We have Jacob Niffin, Taylor Peterson, and J.D. Silva sitting in fourth Man. with five points, Nick Crane. And at the bottom with three points is myself. I took a big swing. I was the only person to predict a Philly win. And I was screaming at Matt Pinto in my car to try to make up some ground in these standings. But alas, here we are. I love it. Um, to remind the listeners of what the, the predictions game uh, results in at the end of the season. Uh you get a point for every game you predict correctly. If you do not predict a game correctly, you just you don't lose any points. It's just you don't get anything. At the end of the season, whoever has the highest amount of points gets treated one day in Vegas at Summer League. Everyone else has to buy their food, their Summer League ticket, uh, merch, all that stuff. We, we all split the cost. So if Nick wins, Nick gets spoiled one day in Vegas. Um, we are, I, I think we should make the rule now uh, no gambling, no alcohol involved in that. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, for Dude. each game that we predict wrong at the end of the season, that person owes that much money uh, to a, a an unco- uncontested uh, like collection. So if Justin predicts 20 games wrong, Taylor predicts 30 games wrong, uh, JD predicts 60 games wrong, that's how much money each of them owe to the pool. It'd be a We're, miracle turnaround by myself. <laughs> we are going to take that money. Don't call to come back. Let's say all five of us combined have to pay 200 bucks to the pool. We're then going to crowdsource and see if our listeners will match the $200 and all $400 will go to uh, a charity to be decided at a later date. Also, I changed up the rules. Uh, actually, JD gave me the idea to change up the rules uh, to make it a little more interesting. So now we have to make a lock of the week. This is a game that you're super confident in. Your lock, if you get it right, gets you two points instead of one. But if you get it wrong, instead of just like getting zero points, you get negative two points. Oof. Yeah, so just, really it could up. throw you through a loop. What happens if I go negative? Wait, oh, <laughs> can you repeat that one more time? Yes. A normal win gets you one point. Yep. Uh, if you get uh, a prediction wrong, it's just nothing happens. Okay. But your lock, if you get your lock correct, it's two points. If you get your lock wrong, it's minus two points. Can we call it something besides a lock? Can we call it like a money ball or... Moneyball, I like it. Yeah, cha-ching. What, what I what I don't want cha-ching is under Moneyball. There you go. A, a lock, a lock feels like a game that you're like, oh, this is a guarantee. Those games don't exist in weeks like this. If you look at the schedule coming up, so Moneyball right. is just like what, what you think is. It is your hot take, Moneyball. Okay. Mm. So let's get our predictions for the week. You guys have already sent these to me, but you all 
do not know each other's answers. Mm -hmm. Correct? You haven't right. shared. Uh, we're now sending them in so that way we avoid like the mob uh, mentality of, oh, everyone else said when. I'm going to say when as well. First game up this week, we have at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, just so we're all aware, the Timberwolves are currently 11 and 4, number one. Uh, actually, I think they won today, so 12 and 4. Number one in the West, Jaden McDaniels will be out. That's a pretty big, uh, pretty big omission for them. Shade JD. defender. Yep. JD, what do you got Tuesday night against the Wolves? I have a loss. And you also have to tell us uh, whenever your lock comes up, whenever your money ball comes up, you money have to ball. tell us it's your money ball. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Nick, Tuesday night against the Wolves. Gosh, you're making us remember what we told you a couple hours ago. I was scrambling uh, to open up uh, our group chat to see what. <laughs> I thought I thought Jacob was going to read them off. Yeah, I had this one as a loss. Okay, Justin. I also have a loss. Taylor. I mean, uh, just to take us home here on the pessimism, I had it as a loss, and this was my money ball, baby, locking in that loss. <laughs> wow. Wait, you, wait, you can you can lock losses. Yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah. can. Oh, I'm not locking in my win against the Lakers coming up. Oh, okay, that changes. One. That's a that's a wrinkle in the rule you didn't explain. Uh, yeah, I agree I, with I'm, you, I'm, Nick. I'm hedging my bets here, Nick. As a good okay. better I Taylor Sunshine Pumper Peterson locking in a loss was yes. a plot twist I didn't see coming. <laughs> I also, also have too. a loss Tuesday night. Uh, Thursday they come back home and play the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Lakers will be without Gabe Vincent and Rui Hachimura. Uh, LeBron and AD are both questionable day to day. Uh, so is Cam Reddish, but I don't really want. I don't think he, Cam Reddish merits mentioning these day to day because it doesn't really Vincent, matter. But you won't mention Cam Reddish, who's been actually good this year. Oh well, Cam's Cam's been good. Cam oh, Reddish is just clutch. Uh, clutch Anyways, fam. JD, that's what they're calling him. Thursday against the Lakers. What do you got? That's gonna be an L. Oh, JD's got two L's. All right, Nick, what do you got Thursday against Lakers? W. Justin, <laughs> give me that W. Taylor. I had that as well, but was not confident enough to make that my lock or my money ball. Gentlemen, the win Thursday is my money ball of the hey, week. There we go. Hey, we got it. So now I need a root for an L? I mean, this is tough Maybe now. so. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Saturday, the Thunder play down in Nick and Justin's neck of the woods against the Dallas Mavericks. <clears throat> JD, what do you got Saturday night? That's a w, big D. It's a money ball W. Ooh, I like it. Nick, what do you got? I'll, I'll, uh, quick commentary. I will be at that game and I will be attending that shortly after Oklahoma State is in the Big 12 Championship, also in Dallas. Ooh. Sorry, Sooners. But that's <laughs> a money ball win. That's going to be a busy day That's really cool. Yeah. That's a money ball win over the Mavs, where I don't know if Luka has a broken finger or not, but the fact that it's even being considered as broken, potentially, and like need to get back to Dallas to do more that's tests, a good point. maybe it's a game you steal. Nick, are you yeah, covering I forgot that to one? Mention, or are you uh, just Maxi attending? Kleber is out. Kleba? Kleber? Kleba. Kleba. Derek Lively and Luka Doncic day to day. I want Justin. Lively to play. Maxi Kleber. <laughs> I pulled. I pulled the Taylor. 
I also have this as a win and my money ball. So that makes three, oh, yeah. three money Ooh. ball wins. That's the money ball sounder. That I like that. That's sick. Sounder. I love that. That doesn't feel right. Nick and I liked it. Yes. <laughs> I'm all for a money ball sounder, but that ain't it. Try again, JD. Play something different. <laughs> also, don't think that's worth it. We'll right, have to right. workshop it. Be like a cash uh, sounder. Cha-ching. <laughs> Taylor, what do you got Saturday night in Big D? I have an L. I, I think it's going to be a really close game. I really do. But Kyrie and Luca have been awesome. Although I did not take into consideration Nick's point, I did see that that picture of Luca in his his uh, post game avail- availability here yesterday, I believe, where he did have like a splint thing on his his hand. So if I could play. Play into it. My guess is Luca plays. He looks awesome. It's going to be a really fun game either way. But I'm going with the L. Luca's got a mustache now. He does. He As does a, Poku. He looks like a software. As does Poku. <laughs> you guys seen the prequels to uh, Yellowstone? I haven't I've seen them, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, you guys. I've kind of given up on the 81, Yellowstone franchise. 1896. Yeah, like how many yeah. of the same shows can we make over and over? I'm just saying numbers. Well, I don't know if any of those. Are yeah, I don't Ford, know the numbers. Uh... Those are those. Those sound accurate. <laughs> but while while we're on the topic of shows, I've been wanting to say this. Ang is him. Thank you guys for the <laughs> the show recommendation. We got Nick in on uh, Avatar. It's taken a while, airbender. but but we've we've got Nick got bought there. in. Um, I am going a win in Dallas Saturday night. Very good. We will update the standings next Sunday night. Um, it's time for a trip around the association. Before we get there, though, we're going to take our last break of the night. Make sure, before we go to this break, that you check out all of our merch online at cottonbureau.com. Just search the Uncontested Podcast. Tons of awesome designs and new hats. New hats. Courtesy of our guy, They're Justin. Awesome. So if you need some unique and awesome Thunder gear for the holiday season, need to add it to a wish list, or need to buy something for that Thunder fan in your life, hit up cottonbureau.com, search the Uncontested Podcast, get something cool, because we got a lot of awesome stuff in that store. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And we are back. JD, it's time to go around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I like that when that sounder plays Nick bobs his head like he's uh, in the studio with Dr. Dre and Kendrick Lamar, like this hard beats playing and really it's just the Kawhi NBA on NBC. <laughs> so good. Uh, came up with a really fun idea, I think, for Around the Association tonight. We're going to call this one Looking in the Mirror. You guys are going to give us a team and we're going to say when they look in the mirror, so if it's a Western Conference team, they're looking in the mirror to the Eastern Conference. They're an East Conference team. They're looking in the mirror to the Western Conference. Who do they see? Who is their similarity across the conference? Anyone want to kick us off? I can go first. Let me look into the mirror. Wow. See, that's a perfect sounder. I know. Yeah, that sounds Silva. like Sailor Moon. I also think I want to point this out. Silva has been the strongest user of the purple glass ball emoji, like the little, you know, you're right. The, yeah. The emoji. I think, I think that emoji describes the it emoji. these days. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Into the future. Now, yeah. just, just for the listener's knowledge, uh, JD told us pre pod that he was going to piss off some fan bases tonight. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I am looking forward to this Silva. Uh, who is looking into the mirror? Uh, I think the Houston Rockets are looking into the mirror. Oh, who, who, who is looking back at the Rockets? I think the Atlanta Hawks are looking back at the Rockets because they are two franchises that love to use their assets to finish uh, between the sixth and fourth seed for years and years on end. I actually really like that. I think four is a little high. I go like six or ten. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I like that one. Only difference is uh, the Hawks don't have the second coming of Jesus and uh, right. Turkey Jesus and, and Alfred Turkey, Turkey, Turkey Jesus. Turkey, Turkey Jesus? Turkish. Turkey Happy Thanksgiving. I think I put him in the smoker Thursday for three hours. What dish did you bring for Thanksgiving, Taylor? <laughs> turkey Jesus? Taylor went to cut the turkey and it came back to life. <laughs> He rose from the grave. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And on the third day, uh, Shane Goon had a triple-double. <laughs> uh, for that reason. Uh, <laughs> and that's been your uh, blasphemy take of the week. Yeah. Anybody else want to <laughs> take a look in the mirror? I'll take a look in the mirror. All right. Nick, who is looking in the mirror? Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Detroit is looking in the mirror. Who do they see awesome. in the Western Conference? They see the San Antonio Spurs, and it makes them feel better that they're not the only team that can't win a game. <laughs> okay. I I, I don't get it for either side, like why it's so hard to win, 
Like we're not even at the point of the season where you're playing nobodies and like benching good players. Like we've seen in the past from quote unquote taking teams. Like we're in the point of the season where you're like, let's give it a go. See what we look like the Spurs after tonight, I think have lost 13 in a row. If I'm not mistaken, the Pistons have won two games all year, like four dating back to the James Wiseman trade last year. Uh, I don't get it. Like, especially the Pistons on paper, like for the season, if you had said, Hey, you can be an NBA GM and you can take over any roster and draft picks and like what you feel like you could do a lot with the Pistons. Like they wouldn't be number one, but like they'd be top 15 of like a team where I'm like looking at the roster. and like, you know what? They've got a SAR and Jade Nivey and Cade Cunningham and beef stew and Joe and Dar- I'm like, Draft picks, like they, they've got what you want, yeah. and and they've also got vets, and they can't win. I don't. Joe yeah. Harris, it's yeah. crazy. It's, they've had injuries, strange. but agreed completely. Agreed one. It's almost like it's a cultural thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird because it's a crusty tree. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he it's, was a better as an assistant. Asar <laughs> is is great, though. He is awesome. Uh, who else wants to take a peek in the mirror? I've got one. All right. Taylor. Who is looking in the mirror? No, I just want to preface this saying that whenever I saw the segment, I was pretty certain I knew what inspired this. Uh, And so I'm not going to take those two teams because, Jacob, I think you need to to finish this with the two teams I'm thinking of, which involve the OKC Thunder. But the, the two that I have here are two really interesting teams in the Utah Jazz in the West. Okay. When the, the, the Jazz look in the mirror, Taylor, who do they see? I think they see the Brooklyn Nets. These are two teams that kind of find themselves. Too. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, these are two teams that kind of find themselves in the midst of a very competitive Eastern and Western Conference. Um, they have really talented young players. Neither are willing to bottom out, though. Um, I don't know. It's just really fascinating. They kind of find themselves at crossroads, and, and they kind of seem stuck in the middle. I think one way or the other, they're going to need to make a move to either, you know, especially in the, the Jazz's case, I think they re- they really would, I think, benefit from letting some of these younger guys get some of these minutes and not necessarily guys like trading for John Collins, for example. Um, and the Nets, I understand they're in a bigger market and Bridges is amazing. But again, like, what is the direction there? I think both these teams are really kind of looking for a direction. I'm curious where they both end up at the end of the season. I thought about this one a lot too, Taylor. Uh, both teams have a guy that's an all-star, a borderline all-star, who's a really, really good player. They both have um, offensively limited, high defensive upside bigs. They both are strapped with a lot of assets that they could go do some stuff with. Um, they're both top five in rebounds per game so far this season, which is kind of interesting. They're both kind of tearing down, but they haven't committed to tearing down, but they haven't committed to winning, and they're kind of stuck in mediocrity. They both and have it, the assets to do something if something yeah. comes across, but not the assets of like the Thunder and the Jazz, or sorry, the Thunder and the Pelicans. That's you know, it is. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty similar. That's good. I like that comparison. JD, did you have another one? Um, yes. Justin, have- do you have one? I do. Oh, okay. We're going to go Justin first. I am going to... Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) There we go. Justin, who's looking in the mirror? (laughs) 
We have the Golden State Warriors looking in the mirror. Ooh, and who do they see on the other side? <sighs> they see the Miami Heat. Oh, that's so good. I and thought about this one. I like it, Justin. It's they're they're both uh, very proud of their culture. Uh, some so much so they put it on their court. Um, some just say they're light years ahead. Uh, I think both are struggling to pass the baton. I think they're both kind of stuck in limbo currently. They have some great talent and they have some really weird pieces and their top talent, like Steph Curry and Jimmy Butler can take you places, right? They can, that can do a lot for you by themselves, but is it enough to do anything meaningful anymore? I don't think it is. And I think these teams are going to have to make some sort of decision about what their trajectory looks like in the next couple of years. I like that. Did you see that? Um, Oh, Draymond Green is back and said Dude. he doesn't regret a thing and he's always going to have his teammates back, which is yeah. funny because he did absolutely nothing that had Clay Thompson's back. He had someone else's back. I and under his I, forearm. I uh, <laughs> I can't wait for the next time when like he tries to like smuggling a knife in his waistband onto the court or something like that. Just seems like a Draymond thing. JD, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's looking in the mirror? Um, also, you only get the sounder one time, so that's it. <laughs> oh, <ask> okay. <laughs> no more sounder. Uh, I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Who do they see on their Eastern Conference side? They see the Milwaukee Bucks, I think. Um, this one makes a lot of both, sense. Yeah, they're both very top-heavy. You have your aging star and your stars in their prime. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Dame. Um, and then you have a roster full of questions and guys on really – cheap contracts like they like need Malik Beasley to guard the best perimeter player currently which is strange or Grayson Allen uh for the Suns he's like plays a they huge role Cruz they both have uh injured third options with Chris Middleton and Brad Beal um yeah the list goes on it's very similar it's kind of creepy I like that one so well a lot anyone else have any others Take us home, Jacob. Give us the uh, I, I wanna, the one that you have. I'll, I'll give my big one, but before I do, um, just some that I think are interesting that I couldn't think of comps for. I'm interested if you guys have one. Yeah. Who do the Timberwolves see? I, I thought a lot about that one. Thought about the Pacers maybe, but it's not quite there. Pacers see the Mavs where you don't know what defense is. Yeah, yeah so I, I, think I actually that's a good thought one. about using that one, Pacer and Mavs. was one I thought about. Anyone have a Timberwolves one? I really like, struggle with Timberwolves. Did you say there's Philly? A, yeah. Really? Yeah. There's not a team in the East that's like yeah. Cavs, maybe kind of two bigs, uh, super dynamic guard, like, but the Cavs have been playing well. I I right. do if we're gonna do Cavs, I think it's Cavs and Pelicans, where it's like both teams should be good, but I wouldn't be shocked if like their star asks out or they implode in the next 365 days because like Donovan Mitchell sounds like he kind of wants to be somewhere else. And uh, Zion Williamson, the leash is getting shorter and he looks frustrated. So like Mm -hmm. both those teams could be really good, but will they be in a year? I don't know. I don't think I got to use that, that uh, non thunder bet, but I think I had a Donovan Mitchell be a New York Nick. I don't think we got to that one. I agree. I I'm with, that's a good comparison. Nick. That's another team I was going to ask. Who's who do the Knicks see whenever they look into the mirror? Mm, I kind of like a Clippers isn't right because they just traded for uh, Harden. Harden. Before that, they see the Kings. They're pretty similar. Yeah, the Kings. The Kings can make a little bit of sense. 
Mm-hmm. I kind of thought about like the Kings and the Pacers in a way, even they though see, they're they obviously. See, did they see the Rockets? Connected. Like a team that was not great, and then they added some guys and spent some money, and they were okay. Like maybe it's like yeah. the Knicks last the year. Knicks the Rockets are like legitimately pretty good. Knicks. Yeah, yeah, maybe last year's Knicks. Because the, the Knicks, Knicks have the assets. Year, the Knicks are too. nine and seven this year. It's not like they're out right. of mind. Right. Yeah. And the chat, uh, Ace Moot says the Wizards see the Blazers. Yeah. Just comparing the two worst teams in the league. I don't think there's a. Uh, I think the Wizards look in the mirror and there's nothing there. <laughs> Invisibility. <laughs> they They're a vampire. Yeah. I mean, holy cow! I don't think there's a team. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> Who do the Nuggets see? Boston, maybe. I think. I think it's Boston because of continuity. Because at the top, continuity. Boston just needs to win. Yeah. I tried All right. I want to hear about the Thunder and the yeah. Magic. Dang it! That's why I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, I think when the magic look in the mirror, <laughs> they see the Oklahoma City Thunder. One, Team 100%. on the rise. Uh, lots of assets, although the Thunder have way more assets than Orlando. Um, some very promising young guys. Uh, the big differences are the Thunder have a first-team All-NBA, and in my opinion, the top three MVP candidate this season. Uh, the magic do not have that. But the magic have been really, really good. They've beaten Boston and Denver this week. Uh, two teams we just talked about. Like Orlando's been awesome. And I think whenever they look in the mirror on the other side, uh, they see the Oklahoma City Thunder. And like everyone loves to talk about, about the, the Chet Wemby matchup that we saw. Uh, you know, it was so hyped on ESPN. I'm stoked for Chet Paulo. Agreed. We were robbed of that last yes, year. I cannot right? wait to see. It's gonna be awesome. Agreed, but it will be dub. I think guarding Paulo, which is like also shit. Super last fun. year they had Lou Dort guard him. Right. <laughs> right. It's gonna be awesome. Do, I can't wait. Do not be biased in this answer. Who do you believe is more real between those two teams? Uh, the Thunder because of this SGA. year. This year, yeah, Thunder because of SGA. You don't because think the defense of Orlando is just bonkers good? I'm sure it is. Cole Anthony, awesome. like I, I've never haven't I they haven't been one been of the worst big... defenses in the second half and like number one defense in the first half? They're number like one or two overall, so I don't know how it breaks. But yeah, oh, I was damn say good. yeah. They've if got, if you mean, can be the worst defense in the first half and still be number one or two overall, <laughs> that's impressive. You're doing something okay. Yeah. No, they've I been awesome. like the Thunder's depth a little more, and I yeah, don't. I, I'm quite... going with Thunder because of SGA. Yeah. Not because. But I think Orlando's Isaac awesome. Is not your favorite player. I have nothing but respect for my president, Jonathan Isaac. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a sounder. That is. All right, gentlemen, I think that'll do it for us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the uncontested. This was your first time jumping on. Thank you so much. We love having you guys in the chat. If you're listening to the podcast version, we appreciate that as well. Make sure to go drop that five-star rating. We will be back Wednesday night for our typical Wednesday midweek breakdown. No post-game Tuesday after the Minnesota game. We will break that down Wednesday night along with other big thoughts. Thursday night, I believe it is JD and I on the post-game Thursday night. Yep. And then after that, we are back Sunday. No post-game after the Mavs game on Saturday night. We'll talk about that next Sunday along with our typical weekly Sunday show. You guys have a great start to your week. We hope all of you guys had a great holiday if you're in the States. 
If you're outside of the States, hope you had a great week. We will see you again Wednesday night. Until then, as always, thunder up. Praises to Turkey Jesus. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.